0: Hello everybody and welcome to Volume 2, Issue 79 of the Cane and Rinse podcast. After 10 years of working with Crash and Jack, Naughty Dog attempted to send gamers on an adventure of intrigue and daring do that would rival those of Lara Croft and Indiana Jones in Uncharted, Drake's Fortune. Joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue, Tony Atkins. Hello. Jay Taylor.
1: Howdy.
0: And wee Joshua Garrity. <laughs> Hello there. He's not very wee, he's very large actually. Not in an overweight way, just really tall. Isn't that right, Josh?
2: Well, in an overweight way as well, but yeah.
0: (laughs) I don't think of you as overweight. Um, (laughs) Enough of this. Uh, Uncharted, then. Um, We should issue a a spoiler warning for those people who maybe haven't caught up with the first game in the series. Um, It can be spoiled, I, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. Yes, it can, but we're going to talk about the story, so if, yeah. if you're worried about that, uh, there it is, front and centre. So uh, this came out in 2007. That's nearly six years ago. It's about five and a half years ago. It came out just before Christmas. Um, when was it that the PS3 launched in Europe? Was it earlier that same year? Yeah, I think it was March, March of 2007. March 2007, so. yeah. Uh, so Naughty Dog, who were previously known as a intimated in the intro for their crash uh, bandicoot and jack and daxter games mostly well-received titles but of a cutesy platformer thing although mm-hmm. the jack titles moved into kind of slightly open world sci-fi <laughs> angsty so as you gonna say yeah yeah kind of got more serious as they went on didn't they um directed by amy hennig uh And then there's that famous score, which I'm sure the main theme from will have already opened this issue uh, by Greg Edmondson. Um, And that famous theme gets reused, but slightly re, not remixed, but uh, re, 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 what's the word? Recomposed, reorchestrated for each game with different, Um, different instruments and stuff.
2: Worth noting at this point that Greg is uh, famous for his work on Firefly and Serenity, also. Oh, okay. So, I did not um, know that. I, I think the reason why he was hired for the Uncharted games is because the Uncharted dev, uh, dev team are such fans mm-hmm. of the uh, TV show.
0: So. Yeah, very good. Yes, uh, great music, Firefly. So uh, that that makes sense. Yeah, and it's and it is a fantastic theme, isn't it? It's uh, yeah. it is um, a, a, a really iconic piece of music that is better than the the Hollywood cinema equivalents in in certain sort of say say Indiana Jones wannabe movies that there have been over the years like National Treasure and um, Romancing the Stone and all that perhaps none of them have had as good a theme as as Uncharted I, I was just gonna say they haven't had
3: sequels but na- I know National Treasure had had sequels but um
0: yeah, so did Romancing the Stone yes yeah I can't remember what it was called, though. It was called something else, is not it?
3: No, it, it is very iconic. I I love that. In fact, when I fired it up again this week to play it, it was like slipping an old pair of comfortable slippers again. It was like, ah, oh,
0: yes, the original.
3: And maybe
0: the best. And there was that, uh, sorry, tangent, there was also that uh, one with Richard Chamberlain, wasn't there? King Solomon's Mines in the in the uh, wake of Indiana Jones. Do you remember that, Jay? Barely. Yeah, Sharon <laughs> Stone as well, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. She would have been young. Um... Yeah, and also, uh, this is in conjunction with Cerny Games. Uh, Mark Cerny, who uh, is famous to people of a certain age and uh, arcade-bent for the incredible Marble Madness coin-op, uh, which kind of was quite influential, had amazing um, sort of uh, Isha-esque uh, geometric graphics, and... Um, as- astonishing stat- soundtrack, which is absolutely amazing synth soundtrack. Uh, and yes, uh, influenced games like Spin Dizzy and uh, oh, various others that came to the home systems. Then a few years later, after working on uh, things like Dick Tracy and Kid Chameleon on the Mega Drive, he got to work on Sonic the Hedgehog 2 while Sonic... Sonic team were making Sonic CD over in Japan um, and then he got heavily involved in the Crash Bandicoot, Spyro and Jack games and Ratchet and Clank uh, before, before Uncharted and now he's um, very much involved in the PS4's development isn't he? Well the creation thereof to make it good for games designers to make games on so that's encouraging stuff
1: but what of our own histories with the game? Uh, Jay? I think the build-up to this, I mean, obviously it was 2007, so there was a drought of of titles I was actually interested in when I got the PlayStation. But it was, um, the, you know, you, you started the interest started be- through the obvious stuff, which was, you know, screenshots. You started seeing preview stuff in Edge and games magazines. Uh, but then they also did these making-of documentaries that you could download from the PSN, which was mm. sort of, you know highlighting the tech the facial the performance capture stuff and all that which was at the time it was really i mean it's funny that uh, watching it now you think well it's kind of standard nowadays what game big triple a game doesn't use this stuff but i suppose back in 2007 when i was thinking back on it there really wasn't that much floating around it's probably one of the things that made it stand out to me um but i didn't buy it day one um partly just cuz i wasn't i was we were visiting relatives in Japan at the time, so it came out whilst we away. So I had to pick it up a week or so after we came back. So Yeah, it's probably
0: fair to say that um, still not quite, although more games are doing it, not enough games are doing what Uncharted did when they are trying to do, uh, you know, cinematic cutscenes and stuff of getting all the actors in the same place, all wearing the mocap suits, all mm. actually performing to and off one another, rather than doing the mocap separately and then putting the voice actors in a studio nowhere near any of the other voice actors, and it does, it clearly makes a difference to the mm. to the the connection between the characters in the scene. I think that may be as much to do with people's affection for Nathan Drake and Elena and Sully as it is. The writing or the drawing of those characters not to demean those in any way but i think it's i think you can't sort of underestimate it's importance. tony did you buy this day one did you even have a ps3 in 2007 because i didn't yes bought it launch day or oh, the ps3 launch day so i was mm. in that case of desperate for games um that seems crazy and uh, uh, jay i just wanted to say when jay said this 2007 was mental for amazing video games not uh, for the playstation not though, for was the it? playstation 3 <laughs> <yet>. genji <No? laughs> Uh, yeah, Heavenly Sword. You know. well, yeah, Call of duty four. You bring up Heavenly
3: Sword, but actually that's, a, that's a, the importance to this because Heavenly Sword, I think it was something like a couple of months before, I know, September around that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously that was doing a lot of the, the same kind of yeah. tech that Uncharted was doing. And it seemed to, you know, to be this big wave of... You know, here's your brand new next generation consoles. You're moving away from the old tech, and and this is what all games are going to be like in the future. Because they were showing Heavenly Sword and uh, Uncharted with their the kind of two poster children for um the PlayStation Three for a good few months. Once the uh, you know the initial lineup had been and gone, so I was you know enjoyed really enjoyed Heavenly Sword. Wanted to see what uh Uncharted was all about, and. You know, big fan of Naughty Dog's work, previous work. Um, Loved Crash Bandicoot back on my PlayStation One days. Was a big fan of Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank. There you go, Slip, Um, Jack and Daxter. So it was just very interesting to see what Naughty Dog was doing. And like Jay said, you know, it's just it's a technical showpiece for uh, your brand new consoles, and that's exactly what you want. Um, You know, because Sony were fraying everything. I remember uh, Uncharted for for a good few months um it, it certainly got advertised and like i said those those videos people used to do those all the time and they mm. seem to i think people were probably more interested in what was going up in the marketplaces
0: back then but uh, it was, yeah, yeah good. Uh, you get them more i think nowadays people just tend to you know see them yeah, on youtube else. or whatever yeah. um yeah i mean the whole inside xbox thing has gone replaced ironically by outside Xbox and all that. But yes, I think I, I certainly used to be kind of more aware of things before they came out. Tomb Raider, uh, this year's Tomb Raider, had a whole uh, string of videos with mm-hmm. it um, in, in advance and some of them you can watch through the game. So, yeah. Um, but I think they were you know, justifiably proud of the ridiculous amounts of money and effort they were putting into Uncharted with the acting and the, and the fully orchestrated score and all that sort of thing. Backed by Sony's money uh thankfully for them wouldn't have happened in any other way probably <laughs> josh uh did you buy this day 1 did you have a ps3 in 2007 no
2: i did i did not um 2007 was the uh, first year I had a current gen console. Right. I, I was kind of deciding which one I wanted, either the 360 or the PS3. Unfortunately, 2007 was the year Bioshock, mm-hmm. Mass Effect, yeah. and so forth and so Halo on. Halo 3. Yeah, you probably yeah. made so, the right decision at that point. <laughs> at the time, yeah, no, and I don't regret uh, buying the 360 first because l- looking back at 2007, it's clear which console had the most. Care. Even the Wii had. Uh, super mario galaxy that metro 3 yeah. So, yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. it was a good year for those two consoles but not for sony's nope. 2008 is when i picked up my P- ps3 mm, because that's when stuff like uh, little big planet and metal gear solid 4 was starting to come out and you know uncharted 1 at that point was pretty cheap you could pick it up for about five pounds used yeah, so. yeah. i read that it got onto their greatest hits within eight months
0: that sounds about really? right. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. I think they, whether they put that on platinum, or whatever it's called now, um, is sales based. So the better something does, the faster it becomes cheaper. Basically, I
2: think. So, so yeah, I I, I basically picked it up because it had become one of those games that a lot of people had talked about. Uh, I know um, Alex uh, when you guys were doing the digital. Uh, digital cowboys podcast went on and on about it and was trying to get you tony to listen to uh, sorry to play it um and you were slightly you were complaining about the combat even then um so yeah that's how i uh, came to uncharted yes uh, i picked it
0: up I, I bought my ps3 in the summer of 2008 the day that metal gear solid 4 came out i think or that that week anyway um and at some stage later that year, motivated, I think by Jay here and also David Turner talking about the game on Joypod, I picked up Uncharted. I, apparently I paid a whopping £15 pounds for it, but uh, uh, it didn't seem like a bad deal. And I, But I didn't start playing it until probably about a year later, um, summer of 2009. Uh, Jay and I actually played through the first sort of half of the game together one afternoon, swapping, uh, passing the controller play. Um, Jay had to invert it every time, hmm. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but I carried on through that playthrough, and uh, yeah, there it was. Um, so I was ready for Uncharted Two, which I think you know people were uh, already sort of anticipating would you know improve upon the the slightly shaky steps of the first game, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's generally I think it was a game that was well served by low expectations in that although the developer had a you know a great record of of good games in a certain genre this was the, the first big release one of the first big release on the ps3 altogether their first big release on the ps3 a new genre new character new ip if you want to use that term and um yeah so i think like i remember yeah listening to joypod and david sort of raving about it but i think as much as anything, not 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 saying that it's not a good game, but I think as much as anything it was that sort of delicious surprise. It's so it's so nice when you play something that's really good fun that you just had very few expectations of. Um, and, you know, conversely, the amount of games we talked about on Kane and Rince that have had massive amounts of hype and insane review scores, like GTA four or Bioshock or whatever. And then people, you know, get disappointed by the reality which can mm. never live up to the expectations so i think there's a case of that here so our first stumbling steps uh into the world of nathan drake uh it starts off where you're uh, you're bringing up a coffin on board a boat um nate's there with elena fisher uh who is holding a camera she's a documentarian whose tv company has funded the expedition basically this is a something uh that's Picked up in uh, Tomb Raider, the same sort of idea. I'm sure it's uh, based in archaeological reality. Um, and there we are. And the first thing you do, and, and this is interesting because we're going to talk about the combat in all three of these games. Um, so many comments are negative about the combat, as if, not just as if the combat isn't good enough, but as in. What am I doing? Shooting all these bad guys in this in this platform adventure game? The first thing you ever do in Uncharted is a gunfight.
2: Yep, mm-hmm.
0: it's a, it's a shooter. It's a shooter yeah. with platforming bits, not a platformer with shooting bits. No, but I, well,
3: I, I think the the reason that the, the kind of oh, but Drake's just a murderer type comments always come out is because Drake have <laughs> got plenty of those. Yeah, no, but but Drake, um, unlike many many other you know, shooting games that have been before Uncharted. Drake was a really likeable and lovable character. Um, You know, and he's that, yeah, clearly the Han Solo, you know, he's willing to shoot first, right. But, you know, would Han Solo be a complete and utter mass murderer given half the chance? Probably. But uh, it's, it's just, he was such a, a likable character to so, to see him then obliterate entire armies quite viciously in some regards. I think yeah, yeah that is the thing that resonated with people. But the the, most. like the
0: first, his first encounter is with a load of pirates who are basically going to kill him and yeah. rape Eleanor. His all the other encounters throughout the game are with hard bitten uh, mercenary types who have been. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's ludicrous when you think about it because the amount of you know, expensive mercenaries who get wasted for for the sake of whatever money Sully owes these these ne'er do wells is is absurd. But these are all scumbags. It's it this sort of I don't I don't really understand I, this sort of thing that's leveled at Nate that couldn't be leveled at a, a billion other video game. Yeah, characters. but I don't
1: think this did, did this come in on this first game this this criticism because I don't see to me it seemed to only come in on the second game. It's only on when... It, yeah, we, it was, I found that as well. Yeah, it was after Uncharted 2 is when people... And I think the thing that I noticed when I was replaying bits of it the other day was that in the in the games after this, in 2 and 3, he wisecracks as he's doing it. Almost like he's, you know, making like, oh, that's got to hurt. or those kind of... Sort of arnie Yeah, and, zingers, and I think yeah. it's, it's that coupled with the fact that he's basically killing these guys and making wisecracks about it, detracts from his character kind of thing. But I don't... There may be moments in that in the first game, but they didn't stand out to me at all. And, yeah, it seemed that that whole argument started to come in only after the second game was released. I think we're talking about two
0: different things here, though, that that obviously play into one another. There's there's the accusation or the, the criticism of the trilogy and this game as well, that there's just too much combat. There's there's another, actually, there's kind of three things. There's mm-hmm. there's there's that, there's too much combat, as in people would prefer to be doing the platforming, yeah. maybe, and the and the puzzles and the exploring. Then there's the fact that the combat doesn't, you know, quotes, feel great, like maybe the guns feel a bit puny and headshots don't work as you want them to and that sort of thing. And then the third level of that criticism is that Nathan Drake is this charming, handsome, likeable rogue who also happens to be Uh, a one-man genocide unit. (laughs) So those three things together are probably the three things that people repeatedly hold against Uncharted as being, you know, a classic video game or classic trilogy. What does everyone feel about those three sort of
2: threads? Well, the third one you mentioned um, is interesting because I was watching an interview with Amy Henning and the interviewer, Uh, basically leveled that question at her. How Mm. do you feel about the fact that in cutscenes Nathan's a charming bloke, but in gameplay, he's a mass murderer. And she said, and you can say this is a cop-out answer if you want to, but she said she felt like the gameplay was almost uh, a metaphor for what was actually going on. In actuality, he was probably only taking on one person Mm. in combat, but just because it's a game and mechanically you have to make things interesting uh, to keep the player interesting. They have to pile on the enemies.
0: That's really interesting. And that's something that, you know, the, this, this conversation keeps coming up. It's come up, come up a load in, in response to Bioshock infinite, you know, mm-hmm. with all its intelligence and ideas and great script and amazing scenery. And then it's got this, you know, insane amounts of arguably not the strongest part of the game, shoot 'em up sections that are very gory and all that. And it is something that's probably going to keep coming up in Cana Rince, which is the the dichotomy between storytelling and and gameplay. Uh, I tend, to, I think, I know exactly what she means, and I think that's how I justify it in my mind.
2: That's how I feel about it in games, anyway. I, I, I that you have to sacrifice realism to us to a certain extent well, when playing games. I think. Same like, as movies, but in I'm, different ways.
3: I'm not so yeah. sure. I mean, I I think just to say, well, that's just you know, that's the way games are, folks. So you know, just view it in a slightly different way in your mind's eye and you know everything will work out fine i think you know it's up to game developers to find interesting ways to solve this problem and this is a problem that arguably you could say uncharted started you know this will come up in all uncharted games but started due to the fact that you know we now have the technology to make characters both you know emotionally interesting uh, and believable believable in the way that they move and you know interact with the environment so you know let's face it we've all killed billions probably in our time of (laughs) that's just the way games work right so I think
2: I want to bring I want to contest the point you seem to be making I'm not saying games are just like that and they should just be like that I'm saying I I have no problem with games trying to um, push the medium forward and trying to try a different approach. What I'm saying is I don't think this is necessarily a problem. It's just a stylistic choice on the part of the developers. And actually, going back to,
3: to Leon's original point, I actually don't find it too much of a problem in the first Uncharted game. I think it becomes a bigger issue as you go through the series. But, you know, I'm actually... I'm okay with Uncharted because it's got a very much an Indiana Jones kind of feel to it. You know, as a lot of people who are being um shot and killed for sure. But it's kind of, it's almost cartoony, I find, in the first game. Yeah. It's just just it's a good, fun ride indiana jones um,
0: you know Raiders of the lost art was based on the chapter plays the cinema chapter plays the 30s in which people would get shot and they would spin mm-hmm. theatrically off screen and hit the floor There would you know several might die at any one time but they were just bad guys just henchmen yeah indy did it he threw nazis out of moving trucks and over cliffs and all that sort of thing and it was fine because they were nazis they were bad guys you didn't know them you didn't care and and i think the enemies in in uncharted are the same i it's not it's not a documentary, is it? It's not trying to be something like I Am Alive and, and, you know, where you have 16 combat scenarios in the entire thing. Now, you know, there might, maybe, maybe Tomb Raider, we're going to talk about that game, should have gone down that route based on the way they portrayed the first kill in that game. Uh, and maybe that would have been more interesting and exciting, well, and, but that's not what Uncharted is. And Tomb Raider tries to tackle it and then actually manages to get itself all caught up in even yeah. a bigger issue because it actually tried to tackle that situation. And famously, yeah. Lara Croft, in Tomb, particularly in Tomb Raider 2, gunned down hundreds, hundreds yeah. and
2: hundreds. <laughs> I, I think the fact that uh, the game just acknowledges the fact that this is here just for some swashbuckling fun. Um, stre- you know, strengthens the experience as a whole because when you start to get re- uh, the thing is, I do, despite the fact that I do actually enjoy the combat in Bioshock Infinite, I do get people's uh, feelings um, towards it in that game because the the aim of Bioshock Infinite is much more um, highbrow. It's mm-hmm. trying to go mm-hmm. for something exactly. a lot more deeper and yes. a lot more complex. Yep. Whereas Uncharted. It's a Hollywood blockbuster, a well-written Hollywood blockbuster, but that's what it is.
0: But... Um, Is that even regardless of that, even if we say, okay, this is Nathan Drake, he is is an Indiana Jones analogue, he can shoot the bad guys and we're not going to feel bad about it. From a gameplay point of view, are there too many encounters and do the encounters have too many enemies in each one? Is it padding? Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: if I've got (laughs) a real criticism of this, is that the combat becomes tedious very quickly. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, within the first hour, I'm getting... bored in these combat situations because they follow suit every single time they come in two waves and in some cases three and it's almost like you can't you can't turn a corner without another set of soldiers and you'll take the first two three guys out and then another three will drop down out of nowhere and and it's it just repeats throughout the game and by that point quite early on you're just tired of it but I mean, this, that wouldn't be
3: the first game that has ever done. There's, no, it isn't. <laughs> countless games before Uncharted come out, but it just streams of people that combat. Yeah, I, but that's I still think a f- it's, uh,
0: legitimate criticism no, of and, Uncharted.
3: And it is, but I think it's, once again, it comes back down to the story, elevates it above what would just, you know, the standard kind of run-and-gun third-person shooter. Um, elevates it above that. And, you know, yeah, there is far too many encounters. Replaying it now, it, it stands out, um, you know, even more apparent because we've had six years of Mm. game development time beyond this where people Mm. have learnt mistakes from uh, the original Uncharted and actually
0: improved on the formula Except Naughty Dog who have pretty much done exactly the same thing in both the sequels
2: I don't agree with that at all Um, I think um, Uncharted 1 is the most poorly paced out of all three, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. having played them all multiple times. I think Uncharted 2 does a better job of spacing out the combat sequences, and there are less situations in... Well, they kind of um, go one step back in Uncharted 3. It feels like they go back to bad habits in Uncharted 3. But Uncharted 2, I think they do a better job of pacing out the combat and um uh, throwing in some more puzzle sections mm. and more mm. platforming sections whereas this one they layer combat section mm. after combat section it, on top of each other and it gets really tiresome and it, and it's not also the amount of combat you do
3: it's the way that it's 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 structured because you you basically go into rooms and you can see them from a mile off. You're doing your one bit of adventure sections. You turn the corner and you see half a dozen boxes in front of you, and uh, you know a explosive wall, crates, yeah, or a wall that you can Bam. hide around. And there's always the invisible line, and you go across the visible line, everything spawns pretty much in front of you. And in and in times, I've actually it was quite funny. There's um. Towards the end of the game, you have the old mutant battles, and mm-hmm. you can actually recross some of those uh, line points, and the mutants will run away from you if they're actually right up in, in your face. You can just step back, and they just run away, and you can yeah. gun them down. Walk over the line; they come <laughs> back towards you. <laughs> and just rinse and repeat.
0: Behind the curtain, yeah.
3: Um, and beyond that as well, I. I'm never the best with the the DualShock pad, you know. It's the 360 pad I've got used to over the years, but you know I've I've become better um, recently playing more PlayStation 3, um, and I don't know. I don't think it is just how loose the analog sticks you know, can be on the PlayStation 3 pad, DualShock, um, but it almost feels like there should be some sort of auto lock on because there's there's a lot of kind of free aim, there's a lot of movement. What you need to do with the shooting, and they do that to allow you to do. Mostly headshots. That's the easiest way to take people down. But it it just at times it feels that you just you would like the control system to take over, and that's very much a console thing to say. And that's what got me thinking. In, in fact, if this had been ported over the, the, to the PC, I bet this game would actually the shooting aspects would control great with a mouse and keyboard because you'd be able to do very precise headshots of the enemies jumping up and down and round the back.
0: Yeah, I think that's partially true. I think I think the the dual shock or six axis, as this game was programmed for at the time. Um, is part of the problem if there is a problem but i think i think there's more to it than that i think naughty dog just have never and they still haven't quite got the feel of aiming and shooting at people right and it's it's a it's it's a more difficult thing to get right than you'd think but if you know i know different people have different tastes as regards to this like carl our carl absolutely loves the shooting max Payne three um Mm -hmm. Darren Foreman loves binary domains, which you know, some people, Jay included, didn't get on with at all. But if, let's say, you know, one of those, whichever one your famous, your favourite third person shooter is, if Uncharted's combat was as tight and as nailed on as whichever game you think is the best at doing that, would those combat scenarios be tiresome? Would they be? Would you be saying, well, oh, bring them on! I love, I love the shooting. Shooting guys is amazing." I think they still game.
2: would, to be honest. I, I don't think the controls are the main issue uh, especially the first one I think the issue is the fact that the enemies are so dull to fight They're like dancing clowns full stop um, like i un- I've played Resident Evil 4 multiple times Mm. and while I acknowledge the fact that mechanically it's aged, I think that game is so well designed because every combat scenario feels interesting and varied and the enemies, you know, there are different ways to take them out and there are different tactics that you can employ. In Uncharted 1 there is one tactic, hide behind cover and shoot them until they're dead and there's not really much to it apart from that.
0: But if you reduce, you could reduce any third person shooter, shooter to that. Yeah,
2: but no, I mean, it really feels bare bones mm-hmm. in Uncharted, if you know what I mean. I feel like there's, with something like uh, a Gears of War or a Vanquish, especially Vanquish, um, it does feel like you have a bit more freedom to experiment and do something different. Whereas, I always felt like the game was saying, no, do it exactly the way we want you to do it. No freedom at all. Just do it in this very scripted fashion.
1: Jay? Well, yeah, one of the things that when I was just playing through odd levels the other night, I was kind of thinking it would have been interesting had they created environmental puzzles to deal with some of the combat, you know, like creating traps or or, or things. you could got red barrels, what more do you want? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, you you know, it's just... It, it, I don't know. It, it just some variation with it, but like Josh said, it's just it's 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 the same scenario every time. It doesn't matter where how it is. It's just it's the same thing. Yeah, I, I, I wonder. I mean,
3: I, I, almost feel like Naughty Dog got caught up in, in you know, between a rock and a hard place because a new breed of shooter certainly was coming around in two thousand and seven. You know, cover based shooters were you know coming all over the place thanks to Gears of War, and Gears of War, you know, I, I think got it pretty spot on the first time, but, you know, it's a diff- very different camera, and, you know, that is its one thing. That's what you do. Uncharted, you know, Naughty Dog try to achieve multiple things. There's platforming, there's, you know, there's obviously a lot of combat, the whole story trying to make it a bit more action all inter- interlaced into one. And so it kind of feels like a jack of all trades and master of none, and I think that's somewhat of the, the payoff you have to get for, for trying to create the experience that they were going for. It doesn't make it for the best game to play, but I kind of actually... I know, you know, we'll we'll get over the combat again mm. on all three games, but in some respects, I actually didn't mind how a little bit ropey it was in Uncharted One because I feel like they just they just didn't know any better. Like they just they tried to make the best possible game they could. It was their first? Yeah, first go. Their yeah, yeah. First, first. And in fact, there's there's some things that they do in Uncharted Two taken out of obviously not very apparent in One, such as Drake stumbling over multiple things, a lot more animations into which actually when they're not there, I found it. To be a lot more kind of just basic yay yeah, that's moved to this cover point and I know what exactly what he's gonna do. Um and came and found it a little bit even more approachable. But yeah, we'll
0: talk about two when we get there. Yeah. Um I still for me I, I like I I didn't hate it. I didn't get any more bored of it than I do in any number of other games. And it, it's it's kind of difficult to it is one of those. It is a feel thing, you know. It's like the the only thing that's wrong with it for me is is a feel thing. Because if you actually break it down to the components, there there are different enemy types. There's a good variety of weapons. You can, you know, you can try to flank, and some enemies will rush you, and some will stay hiding behind. And, and it does all the things that you feel ought to make. And obviously, you know, they they know they know games design better than I do. I'm sure they looked at other examples of the genre. Although, you know, this is. Before a lot of the best ones, to be fair, a lot of a lot of the best third-person cover-based shooters have come out in the in the you know wake in the wake. Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't remember. I I do remember at the time people saying there's a bit too much combat, but I don't remember people saying and the combat's really boring. It was it was more like yeah, the combat's fun, but apart from the six-axis controlled grenades, um, it's fine. You know, it's just maybe there's a few too many skirmishes when actually the platforming is better but um it seems to have become more of an issue as as the series has gone on maybe as the people have got more you know more engaged with the characters and stuff maybe that's part of it as well Mm. but i do want to talk about the platforming because this is another element in a way that i have an issue with because it's not really a platform game is it there's no actual skill to any of the platforming
2: no but it's a fun distraction. I, I'm glad it I'm glad it's there because um it I don't know, I found it entertaining watching him yeah. uh you know, climb up rocks and go, oh, 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 oh and you know, going on the uh the ropes and stuff like that. I it looks visually really appealing and I enjoyed it I uh, agree. for the most
0: part. I, I, I agree, and I'm sort of playing devil's advocate to a point, but I'm also I'm also not because like i enjoyed it and it is fun. And and it obviously took a lot of cues from Prince Persia's Sands of Time, which was a few years before this. And obviously it had, had a couple of sequels at this point of, uh, you know, different people will say different things about the quality of those. But this type of 3D platforming had been around for only like four years at this stage. Since then we've seen it in tons of other games like Enslaved and things like that. But it is weird when you think about it that all you're being asked to do is just point the pad in the right direction and press the button and it's it's like it's it's easier and less demanding than uh, some of the simplest and most basic video games there are and yet people seem to want this completely brainless part of the game over the combat which at least you have to concentrate during (laughs) when you can die um, Only if you jump in the wrong direction. And, that, uh, and, that, yeah, and that's normally down do to shoddy anything. cap. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. There's, there's an occasional spot of reaction. Well, what uh, what's surprised me,
3: and I'm, I'm sure anybody who's listened to this show, hopefully have played probably too, but, you know, you should, um, is actually how little action happens in Uncharted 1 or Uncharted um, you know, cause I had fond memories of two, of course, and there were so many set piece scenes. You got the bridge, you got the one on top of the roof, the helicopter, you got the train, like there's there's just countless stuff where you're thinking, mm. Yeah, these grand big action scenes happen. In actually in reality, in Uncharted, you move across an island and that's about it. And you move upside of rock faces, you move through a church, and the actual action scenes are, whoa, that ledge almost broke. I think I prefer uh, that there's in some ways. <laughs> well I don't get onto the vehicles yet but yeah okay maybe they but that's not in its platform so they, they really um, improved on the platform and stuff in Uncharted 2 uh, so when I was just going for I was like this is I'm, I'm just put, going right and jumping but it's not without its charm like Josh said you know I, I think it Puts a layer of kind of interest between the shooting sections and interlace between that and the story. It makes for an interesting package. But going back to it now, you actually realise quite how bare bones the whole platforming sections were, and it, it feels is-
0: like a, a lower budget, lower key movie rather than a CGI Hollywood blockbuster compared. You know the sequels, and actually, I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. Some of those big set pieces in in the sequels, as spectacular as they undeniably are, there's 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 several too many. Whoa! I've just grabbed the ledge or somebody else's hand at the last <laughs> second, and there's that real problem that a lot of modern uh, drama with with CG has in it, which is a lack of peril. Um, whereas, you know, f- for the limitations of the platforming in the first game, that kind of that sense that you could fall off these precipitous. Uh, ledges by by your fingertips. It actually felt more more real. And and another thing I was going to say about the platforming is that in the first game, there's far less um, signposting. Now normally I'm, I'm I'm somebody who is pro signposting in games. I don't like being lost. But in an adventure platform game that requires very little skill. One of the only things you've got to engage your brain is to work how to work out how to get around. Mm. And in the first Uncharted, it isn't constantly glowing red ledges in a different color at you. It's like, okay, how do I get across these pillars to this other place? Uh, oh, I need to climb up here first because it's a bit lower. And all that ledge is grabbable, whereas that one isn't and so on. And occasionally you'll die and you're not punished in any significant way and it's fine. Um, whereas in the sequel, it's like, okay, you've clearly got to go up here, across there, right there. You can see all the ledges laid out before you. So all you're doing is just holding right on the D-pad, tapping the X button, pushing up on the D-pad, tapping the X button. And it's almost kind of like the any small amount of actual demand from the game is taken away.
1: Mm.
2: I understand what you're saying, but still the the kind of experience that i want from uncharted is not necessarily a challenging one i just want it mm. to flow like a action movie does and those moments in uncharted where i'm lost and i don't know what i'm going to do It wasn't an issue this time when i was playing through again but the first time i was playing it and i think there's a section in the car in a castle area and it's really it really yeah. doesn't tell you where you need to go and I was just oh, I can't be bothered and turned it off whereas on, with uncharted 2 I played that game from start to finish on <laughs> in one sitting yeah. so mm. I I I think but, I think <laughs> I, I know what you're saying I, I get what you're saying but to me it just the the extra signposting uncharted made me enjoy the entire experience more but to
3: say that no, actually one, one of my favorite platforming sections well there's two there's it's the one you you first go up the side of the castle and it's, it's a really bright yellow wall and you've been through the jungle and it kind of really stands out. And they show you a great big sea vista beneath you and it's, you know, it's fantastic. Uh, but another one is, I think it's called the treasure, treasure trove. It's where you're eventually trying to get to the treasure at the bottom of the castle yeah. and you've got um, elaborate... As all these games have an elaborate area where there's cogs and things and you need to work out. You've looked at the diary and it says you need to follow paths two, five and seven or something like that. And you have to work out, okay, I need to go left, right, because you're following symbols. And there's some tricky platforming there and there's you have to use your mouse to actually get
2: through that. Uh, oh, I- um, but then they ruin it
3: by combat well,
2: i i love the uh puzzle solving actually in the first uncharted mm. uh, more so than any of the other uh uncharted games because they did actually require some thought and consideration i felt that the, the puzzles are definitely an instance in the sequels where they they do kind of become dumb god of war style puzzles where they're literally just there to break up the experience yeah whereas in the first one it did feel like they're they did, it did feel like they were tr- really trying to attempt something a bit more complex and interesting.
0: That's certainly my memory of the first game. Uh, I haven't replayed any of them completely, I must say. Um, well, the clues are always in the diary, so you press yeah.
3: select... And it says you need to press the, you need to put the statue in the north, south, east, and west, it,
2: and you and you do that, and then that's. But it like. was way more vague in the first one. Uh, playing it now, it it did feel like the clues were really subtle, whereas in the second one and third one, it's basically saying do this, do this in this order. Well, and I think there's a reason
3: for that as well. I've heard plenty of people talk about, um, or developers talk about, how puzzle sections, as much as they love them, it actually really you know, halts the flow of the game. And if you plan a game like Uncharted, where it's kind of actually about the momentum to actually throw a puzzle in there to actually stop the player and even worst case scenario, mm. get them stumped for any you know severe amount of time. They could that could be the point. They actually put the game down for good rather than being something challenging because game is a fickle.
0: I, I, maybe I want my cake and eat it, but I, I really would really love Uncharted games to have puzzles, the level of the ones in the LucasArts, Indiana Jones adventure games, uh, even Tomb Raider. Yeah, I mean, the, I was going to say the English original Tomb, Tomb like, the original early PlayStation Tomb Raiders, had no signposting particularly, um, and uh, and no clues. Basically, you were that that was old school game design. But but you know, mm-hmm. in a way, it was it was frustrating at times, but it was so satisfying when you beat it because you didn't have the answer presented to you.
2: Well, also well, while while I'm you're sorry. on Tomb Raider, I think the interesting thing that game does is that it makes the uh, the hardcore puzzles, uh, side missions. I was talking about
0: 1996-era PlayStation. Oh, right. But But yes. Oh, sorry. No, no, no,
2: no that's, that's no, still about the point. I mean, I think that's an interesting direction maybe Uncharted could take, because then you've got the best of both worlds. Mm. You please the people yeah. who want something more cerebral, but also you don't break up the flow of the game.
0: And, of course, one of the many criticisms uh, that have been... I'll say many criticisms if it's been slagged off. It hasn't. Um, One of the criticisms that's been levelled at this year's Tomb Raider, and which we'll no doubt talk about in the podcast, is that those puzzle rooms were really good and there's hardly any of them. And that is the only tomb raiding in the game. Which is... Hmm. So it's like people... Basically, is this you know this syndrome of slagging off the the amount or, or the the amount of combat in Tomb Raider and Uncharted? The fact that people actually want to be a, you know challenged a bit more in in terms of their lateral thinking and, and intelligence rather than just their ability to shoot over waist high objects.
3: Yeah, and. Th- before we move away from the, the platform stuff, I think actually some of the frustration where it comes from, because you do make a... You hear this, the noise once you've died. And most of that will be down to jumping off a ledge that you shouldn't have yeah. done. Um, and even though, you know, it's you know, it's not normally complex where you need to go. It, the camera quite often does this, you know, although it's completely a 3D camera, it does it at points. It, it comes in and it fixes itself and kind of directs the player where it wants you to go. But by doing that, it then... Makes objects look either further or closer mm. than they are, and you you find yourself you know jumping at a, a six inch what looks like a six inch gap. Yeah, perspective is really weird, gap. and
0: and and then and there are those those other bits that people often talk about where yeah. Nate seems to sometimes be magically sucked towards where he needs to be, which yeah, looks does, terrible. Yeah. I mean, it it still looks terrible yeah. in the latest game, I think.
3: Is that the, the what they call the Sly Cooper or the yeah, But in that in those
0: games it kinda works and it kinda of makes sense. With with Nathan Drake it, it doesn't. And just the animation seems really jerky on it. He just kind of sort of almost teleports from where he is to where he's supposed to be and it yeah, defying gravity.
3: How's Jay feel on the platforming?
0: Uh, I wanted to expand on this before Jay expands, just to say that before the podcast we were talking about um platform games specifically we're talking about thomas was alone and jay's uh stuck on a, a later level that requires sort of classic 2d platforming skills because that isn't jay's genre so i wonder if you know whereas we might those of us who want to might play you know super meat boy or super mario galaxy find that the platforming in uncharted is a little limited is it more fun to jay who doesn't particularly relish that genre
1: kind of i mean the th- Traversal around and and it ties in with this one particular level, which is where you find the submarine in the um, jungle, and you have to sort of skirt your way around it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty straightforward. It's pretty easy. It's not like particularly sort of taxing, but for some reason I really like that level. <laughs> and um... well, I I think some of that is actually down to the tech. I,
3: it's very much you can get caught up now because we've had six years of you know development from this. But actually, back in two thousand and seven, like you say, that, that moment you see the huge submarine stuck on the side of a waterfall or so saying go on the side of a castle and graphically it's just utterly splendid. Yeah, but the visuals you, you are know, one thing, but I was actually, uh,
1: part of the thing with that level is the story itself. Yeah. And I think it, it's the story is, is, is if you took away the story from uncharted, you're left with uh, possibly at best an average game, but because it's in there, it mm-hmm. elev- elevates it without any question. It, it, it it it's basically what you remember from the game and when leon was talking about peril um it was the moment that sully gets shot genuine i genuinely thought he was dead at that point and i thought that's what's going to spur him on to take on the bad guys and stuff so i remember being surprised that a that killed this character who was quite charming and and uh, you know you quite like the guy um, I, j- just to expand on what you're saying jay I-
2: I don't necessarily feel like the actual plots in any of the Uncharted games are especially that interesting. They are just no. kind of yeah. Indiana Jones uh, stories. But it's the it's the characters specifically yeah. and the the dialogue and, and and interplay between them that's so interesting and engaging. Well, I think you could level the same thing at something like Indiana Jones itself. Yeah, like yeah. The, actual the, the, the
3: story itself isn't anything grand, but it's actually Indiana yeah. Jones. <laughs> Especially not the fourth
2: i uh, I mean, uh, just, yeah, but a lot of them are based on archetypes. I mean, uh, Nathan Drake mm-hmm. is the classic rogue type. And let's be honest here, people who have watched Firefly, he's Malcolm Reynolds. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, Sully is the classic cigar-chomping character. Yeah,
3: to, before we actually get off that point, mm-hmm. I... I I was watching a, a video where they actually they showed an image of Malcolm Reynolds and Drake next to each other, and they had the same braces, everything. It was pretty much, it almost seemed like it was photoshopped. Um, but then, yeah, as you said before, they were they were big fans of this. The but series.
1: they've done more than just copy them. I mean, they they. Oh you no! Know. They've taken
2: they've taken that character and put him in a completely mm. different setting, which I think is a really interesting concept. Don't get me wrong; I'm not I'm not saying it's a bad thing that I get to have Malcolm Reynolds in something no, else.
1: Not at all. Um, what's interesting is there, there was there was actually some criticism at the time over the character of Eleanor mm. because. On her, as her original character model was um, short, dark hair, and then suddenly uh, somewhere during the making of this, they turned her into a blonde, and people were criticising them for that. <laughs> However, then you watch the, uh, the if you watch the videos of the the, the actual actors, uh, yeah, performing, Emily Rose looks like a exactly, Fish. and you just think, yeah. well, why not make them more like the characters they're actually playing anyway, or, or vice versa, but. And and Nathan Drake does look like a ten years younger, yeah, slightly less paunchy
0: And actually, as the game's gone, Mm -hmm. he he kind of merges; he becomes a little bit more Nolan Northy, doesn't Mm. he? Mm. Which is fair enough, because you know, I think it's his, it's his big one, isn't it? His breakout role. Um, But yeah, you know, the 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 story is 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 the you know the the indie uh, chapter play style MacGuffin of chasing after. (laughs) First, uh, Francis Drake, who Nate believes he's related to at this point. Um, this, the Lost City of El Dorado, which turns out isn't a city but a giant golden statue.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what I, I thought it was just a treasure from oh, the giant lost treasure. Of El Dorado. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, and, uh, and in fact, the, the sort of interesting thing about this one I think makes it slightly different to the others, as, if I recall correctly, is that. Really, the bad guys in this one are kind of only there because of Nate and Sully. Yeah. Um, they get wind of, of what's going on, and Sully owes these bad guys some money, basically. Uh, um, so it's not the usual sort of, it's not indie versus the Nazis who mm. need to get hold of the Ark for their own purposes, but it does end up in a, in a world-saving situation by, by hook and by crook, doesn't it?
2: I think the villains are really dull in this first game. I much prefer the villains in um, uh, 2 and 3. As much as Lazarevich kind of fits into a classic villain stereotype, I think Graham McTavish uh, delivers that role with such... uh, Enthusiasm and and he clearly enjoys playing that character. That he ended up being an engaging villain. Whereas these two are just kind of like the, there's the English guy, I don't remember his name, I just refer to him as the English guy, mm. and the um, I forget the other guy's name, the other one, Navarro, the second guy in command.
1: They're, they're just Gabriel Roman is the, the British guy, and uh, um, I can't remember his first Atok, name, but, Atok yeah. Navarro.
2: No. Yeah, th- S- neither of them are. Yeah. Yeah, neither of them are
1: memorable. They're just no. kind of there. Um, Navarro's the the problem character, I think, because by the end of the game, without sort of jumping forward too much, but you That's get fine. to where he he seems to know a hell of a lot more about what's going on mm. and, and has planned this right from the beginning. And you kind of think, but you never got that sense of that character. Or maybe there was a few inklings that he wasn't particularly happy with Roman, but you kind of think... It, he felt two dimensional, and it felt like yeah. he could have been fleshed out a bit more, mm. certainly. But you know, that's a criticism. I've, I've got something with all the way through to the three. So,
2: well,
1: mm.
2: well, I, I do think they get better at uh, creating intimidating villains as the series goes on. But mm. the supporting cast of characters are the highlight for me. Elena Fisher and Sully. I actually find Elena Fisher more charming than Nathan Drake in this game. Mm, just some mm. of her dialogue's really funny. Uh, the, the, there's a moment where they're arguing about whether they can, e- they should even continue this adventure, and Elena just says, "We can argue about it later. It'll be great." And just little like quips like that made her really endear. I liked. I like that they didn't go for it cuz usually with these types of games you have one extreme or the other with female characters. You either have the that she's just there to be a bit of, you know, fluff, f- yeah. fluff yeah. to look at or, mm. or she's just an extreme badass like all the time. They went for something a bit different. They went for a character who's really quirky and funny and um uh, you know, a hilarious character and I I found that really refreshing.
1: I've I've always Found I found it recently quite strange how like with the Tomb Raider game as as all the publicity was that was building up that there was a lot of emphasis to the fact that they've got a woman writer and Rihanna Pratchett writing Tomb Raider and it's like well what's so special about that because Amy Hennig, Hennig has been writing the uh, two you know these games for, <laughs> since two thousand and seven well obviously she was writing them before but. Mm. I don't think she gets enough credit, yeah, and, and you yeah, know it's right. this this whole thing of like women in the industry, and here's this she's the game, you know she's uh was she she's the game director of this thing, and and I, along with the scriptwriter, and you think, come on,
2: <laughs> really? And, and no offense to Rihanna Pratchett, I think Amy Hennings a much better writer as well. Yeah, so I agree. it seems weird that she uh, um, she gets kind of pushed to the background whereas rihanna pratt uh, rihanna pratt well, Pratch- she a, Pratch- right- a name so <laughs> we worker, go. true enough that that gives her uh, a lot of uh, power but um yeah she's a good writer but I, I just feel like amy henning's in a different league amy Henning any amy henning could actually go toe to toe with somebody like joss whedon i think
1: I, I, in terms I, I don't of script know about writing
2: that. I, I do
0: wonder if if I, every time i i, I see cutscenes from any of the uncharted games i am sort of I do find myself thinking if this was a film, would it be would it be mainstream mm. cinema success fodder or would it be straight to dVD crap uh, I, I'm interested that like maybe that's I'm... me coming from you know being older and remembering when video games basically were a laugh, well, laughing stock in terms of storytelling and maybe the fact that you're younger, you can see it more clearly, Josh that this is good
1: writing and it is and these are good characters
0: i, I,
1: I... <laughs> I think she I, I writes think, banter dialogue really well. You know, it's just. But, I,
2: I don't. Th- I don't think she's maybe got the storytelling chops mm. of uh, some really good Hollywood writers, but she's got dialogue down. Mm. I think between characters, I've As James seen worse James films, yeah.
0: definitely much worse. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Well, and I think if we're you know we are focusing on the first Uncharted game, and I, once again, I think like many of the other aspects, I think it's it's competent. Um, uh, it's beyond i mean for 2007 it's beyond competent you know that's that's an unfair judgement on this on this game back then because and i don't think uncharted was necessarily the one to to crack how video games should be written and how characters should be portrayed on screen but it's certainly it's up there within the mix and the way that it treats its female characters was unusual for the time and the way that it was doing both the the voice capturing and the motion capturing all was one is it?
1: it's performance yeah. capture isn't it yeah Perform- well
2: yeah. I don't know because they don't actually capture
1: their faces which is something people don't know. no realize. but they capture their movement and their voices at the same so that's all right. oh right the- yeah fair enough but yeah so I think if you put yourself back in 2007 I,
3: I, you can see the shockwise, what that was causing there I, you know looking back on the game now I think the series has done better I think many other games have obviously taken a lot from this and run with that as well so I, I think I'm bit, I'm bit with Leon actually I think it's now looking at it
2: and playing it, I was entertained by it. I certainly wasn't blown away by it. Um, I, I I don't know. I still think it's better than most stuff we get even now. I I mean it doesn't compare. I think Bioshock Infinite is a better, is much better. But I played Tomb Raider recently, and I don't think that even comes close to the first
1: Uncharted. Not, not
0: in terms of no, other than a couple of early scenes involving only Lara um, and some bad guys. Uh, I think that's true. I think like, like this is why, you know, why I agree with you about Rihanna Pratchett compared to Amy, Amy Hennig is, is that the, 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 supporting cast in tomb raider are really like there's some interesting character ideas there and different like different ages and different mm-hmm. nationalities genders and different <laughs> nationalities but that none of them are are, are interesting none of them are like so you like sully within about 30 seconds of him being on the screen you like amy within about 30 seconds of her being on the screen that's that can only be good writing mm-hmm. good characterization anyway yeah. uh, and good voice performances as well um And I really feel we should credit the voice actors for... uh, Well, we credited two of them, but we haven't credited Sully's voice actor, and I can't remember the guy's name.
2: And he's really prolific as well, so we should know who he is as well.
0: Somebody find out, immediately. Uh, While I'm asking this question, uh, as regards to the visuals, um, now this is a current-gen game, but not for much longer. Uh, I'm interested in how... Uh it looked first to I don't know if Jay, I don't know if you've been back to it at all, but recently. What's that?
1: Sorry, I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to find his name. <laughs> oh, sorry, I it, thought Josh it's, was it's, on that.
0: It's Richard McGonagall. Yeah. Richard McGonagall, yes. He absolutely Richard McGonagall deserves a credit for his performance as Sully, absolutely. Um yeah, so I know you've been back to Uncharted yeah. Drake's Fortune this week. Josh, have you been back yeah, to it yeah, I okay? completed it again? Yeah. Um. I wonder how. Like, I uh, know you've you've got a PC as well. Um. But how how does it how does it look? How does how does the visual stand up in 2013?
2: I think it's definitely aged. Oh yeah. I, I, I think it it because the art design is so good. I I still think it's visually appealing. But there are things like the textures don't look anywhere near as detailed. As Mm. stuff these days, and 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 the faces do look a little bit rubbery. Mm. um, They do by today's standards. But it was nothing about it is awful by today's standards. It's just a little
0: subpar. Still got a lovely color palette. Yeah. um, but it never, it never. None of the Uncharted games look like real world places to me. It Always looks like a hyper real version of, of yeah, almost like a. And I think that's
2: intentional to some degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: and Tony, I was, I was wondering because obviously you've been doing most of your gaming on a on a high end PC recently. So I was wondering if your reaction to the visuals was any different.
3: I mean, it, I mean, it looks like a game from 2007, and that's not to say it looks bad. I mean, it was very much ahead of its time. Uh, when it came out on that you know, the the next generation of platforms then. And it was something I was hugely impressed by. Going back to it now, it, it suffers from what a lot of games did then, which is trying to make everything look really shiny. There's like this Vaseline effect over everything, um, just to make things pop out from the background. And you know, it's a bit odd seeing that now, because that's an old technique that I think has been um, dropped and then hmm. moved on for something better.
0: Was it just massive amounts of bloom off everything? Is it like, oh, we can do nah, bloom now, and let's think, do I bloom think that's off
3: the, the leaves, leaves? Game and they, <laughs>
2: they messed
0: with that. Oh, right, okay. But um, well, reading a little in some
3: of the technical stuff, they had to learn a whole you know slew of new techniques. Uh, they scrapped their the engine that were running all the other games on. And actually, you had to learn. I think C plus 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 um and actually had to kind of almost conform that once again the cell processor was was difficult and reading some comments now apparently uncharted um was only using about 30 percent of the playstation's capability um, mm. you know, whether they thought that at the time i'm sure they were saying oh it's amazing but it's you know, yeah yeah it, it looks it looks fine you know it, it looks like a current mm. gen game and, and that's not to say it looks bad
1: no, I remember yeah. being impressed by the demo when, when because the demo was uh, quite early on in the game, and you, the bit where you run through the stream and these jeans are wet, and yes. it was just mm. li- those big. little details which they did make a fuss yeah. about at the time. But this was the next yeah, generation. The water still looks great. stuff like that. Um, well, the water mm. when you're up close to it and in, in inside areas or are little streams. But one thing I did notice is the very foot, fir- the the very opening of the game where you're out in the open ocean and the water looks crap. <laughs> it's just this huge. Flat kind of. De- whilst there's detail in there, it's, it it looks dated. You know, it's a, Yeah, I, especially if you've recently seen the
0: CN2 Raider, mm, or particularly mm. Bioshock Infinite, <laughs> it probably does look very uh, old. I indeed. think
2: it's interesting, out of all the classic games that came out in 2007, and they were a lot, I think Super Mario Galaxy has actually aged the best visually. Um, Almost yeah, certainly. Yeah, the, the art design in that game has elevated it to the point where the visual fidelity doesn't matter, whereas I feel like Uncharted and Bioshock are trying so hard to look real that it's kind of uh, over time is uh, not really benefited happens, them. Well, Shock has yeah. that
0: certain stylization to it. And as I say, Uncharted isn't again, the game, the graphics are like the game in that they're not trying to be documentary. Mm. They're trying yeah. to present a, a hyper version of reality. And, and I think, yeah, I think that's fine. Um, before we move on to listener correspondence, we should talk a little bit about the sort of latter, is it maybe third of the it's game and the, and the final ones? percent it says, on, on the counter when you get the, the, okay. the, crazy the Na- stuff. Yeah, yeah. the Nazi zombies, monsters, yes. whatever. Uh, yeah, so I can't remember what the justification is. Perhaps somebody can... In, in, well, in, in when, day, when but you but
2: open the tomb thing, uh, not the tomb, the coffin, it sprays ash at you and then you turn into a zombie. Which the Spaniards did many years ago, and
3: yeah. are now waiting for anybody that wishes to come across them again. Uh, sort of uh,
0: Gollum-esque, uh, half man, half lizard, zombie, pinkish creatures, no, grey right. creatures, grey, pinkish. I yeah, sure, I sure they were a pink one. Um, and they bug you for the rest of the game. So that was obviously uh, Naughty Dog's way of of changing things up. To you know changing the tone, making it a bit more creepy and ooky, and the combat obviously becomes quite different because these things crawl at you and charge at you. I think they even come from walls yeah. and ceilings.
3: It's, it's uh, almost uh, survivor sorry. horror-esque. It's, it's very yeah, bizarre. It does.
0: And it is a tradition, again, of this, you know, particularly of the, the Indiana Jones things for the
1: last third
0: to involve the supernatural in some way, and so it is And here. this is
1: where I gave a great big flaming sigh when this <laughs> happened in the game because yeah. I think at this mm. point I kind of – and. I, I, no doubt, obviously, you're going to talk about, it, but it's the, the they do exactly the damn same thing with the second one as well. The bloody blue mm-hmm. monkeys instead I, we uh, get the grey Nazi zombies, and it's just <laughs> oh god, really? <laughs> I I, I think would it was that you said you were bored of the combat no, after an hour, it, or so didn't you see the thing? And the, the and I get worse with this as I get older, anyway. The but I, I nitpick over details, and it's like okay, so how have these things survived over these centuries that they've been in here? Please, if I, there is no sense that this could remotely well, happen, they, they in my head
2: <laughs> I just justified it as they're zombies. That the, like the, the entire scenario is so fantastical that it mm. didn't really. Well, it it kind of shocked me when they first appeared because it kind of pulled a. This is an interesting story. When I first watched *Dusk Till Dawn*. I had no idea that it turned into <laughs> a vampire movie, so uh, I was watching the first half of it thinking, oh, this is a serious... Yeah, it's really grim, isn't yeah, it, the first yeah. half, and then it turns and into this And then it just turns Christmas. into silliness, and that's kind mm. Not to the same degree, but that's kind of how mm. I felt about the last third of Uncharted. It just felt completely out of left field, mm. and that kind of shocked me, but... From a like a logical sense, like it it makes as much sense as the arc does in the first Indiana Jones movie. It's it's not meant to make logical sense. It is just a piece of fantasy at that. Yeah, point. it's it's. Let's face it. It's not the
3: first game to have a complete change of tone towards the back end of it. You know, leading up to some kind of boss fight. I what made it. And I don't actually remember two thousand seven being more frustrating than than playing through it this time around. Probably because I was half expecting into it, but it's if the combat was adequate enough to get you through guys popping up and down behind cover, things that charge at you and can climb walls and stuff, suddenly, you know, the ropey combat (laughs) becomes, you know, pretty hard to use. And in fact, I found just running around, firing your gun without aiming uh, and just kind of let it do a a bit of a shotgun from the head. I seem to remember is
0: the way being the
3: easiest option there, but it's just
0: that the change of tone is, I, I don't know if I disliked it. It's, do you think people because I was I was fully forewarned about this before I played it so I was you know, expecting it and and slightly dreading it because people said you know and this is where the game kind of goes tits up um but do you think people would be more or less kind about the game if they'd just continued with more and more of the same kit mercenary enemies that you've been fighting for the previous 80% of <laughs> they probably should have um you know just maybe cut that section off made the game No a,
3: well I an
1: I thinking that rather than have these as they're supposed to be the the Spanish uh conquistadors that were there centuries yeah. ago, it should have just been the mercenaries that were there now, mm. changing and then mutating somehow because of that, like becoming something less less mutated, obviously, because these things are like nine foot tall, so well they're I, massive. They're bigger than humans. They've got longer extended mm. arms and legs and they they you know they're like the ones out of the descent, yeah. aren't they? They're kind yeah. of
0: like that, only only All right. it,
1: It's it's that, and the, the fact that they're wearing these kind of weird, um, like almost S and M style strapped this is I don't my, I don't they're, remember you got no, a special no, edition just or wearing what look like old loin cuffs, <laughs> but there's some with like straps across them like leather sort of straps across them which makes them sort of like look a little like who made that why are they wearing that, yeah, is that I'm, an, I'm
3: actually with you Jay because I didn't see them as zombies at all I thought they were mutants they've mutated into this through hmm. this
0: disease rather than I think they are officially mutants yeah, yeah. but
1: it's it's but if you start yeah. if you start
0: questioning the logic, then well, you're, it's, it. any it's, game like it, yeah. this is going to have. Well, exactly.
1: But it, it's but like Josh said, it's as it's as crazy as the the arc. But the arc actually makes sense within the narrative of that game. It, it is explained mm. as to what it is and why it's there and what it can do. And within the fiction of Raiders of the Lost Ark, it works perfectly. But I found that this was quite jarring because I'm sat there thinking, but. So they've been there all the time and yet what were they doing when they had no mercenaries to kill? Were they just like, you know, playing chess in the corner or what? You know? And it's just but and I had
0: this problem. Well, what did, what do chimps do when, when they they wank and um
1: eat flies? Well yeah, or oh, they they procreate, but there's no sense to that. <laughs> exactly. But, there you go. Yeah, but there's no there's none of this to to, to indicate anything and you know
2: use your imagination. I mean, I mean, <laughs> When I defend when I defend this element of the game, I don't want anyone to get the impression that I feel positively about it. I just I just don't see how it's any different from any other no. But this game well, or this, movie. This, in this is the why genre. I
1: criticize other games that do the same thing as well. I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, funnily enough, I played the last level again, and uh, the same thing happens there because the the big payoff, you know, is you get the basically the the coffin with the the. Uh, plague corpse or whatever it is that causes this thing gets dumped into the sea so I'm sat there thinking well hold on a minute if that gets dumped into the sea there's two things that would happen either the sea is relatively shallow (laughs) in which case somebody might actually pick it up later so you haven't saved the world uh, Drake you've just basically (laughs) pawned it off on somebody else's grief uh, later
2: or, that's not the thought that I had. No. The thought I had was zombie whales
1: attacking. The <laughs> well, yeah, yeah but yeah, that's yes. the other thing. Or it's so deep in there that it's like you know the two, three mile, uh, you know, cra- you know these huge canyons Abyss. they've got, and the thing will implode. <laughs> due to pressure <laughs> and release whatever crap is into the water. So, into the water. So I'm sat there thinking this really doesn't bode well either way, does it really? <laughs> Maybe salt water neutralizes it. We just don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. But this is this is how I get these days when I'm playing stuff. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm, I'm Yeah,
0: they should, have for... put, they should have sealed it in a crate. And as as in, a story a arc, I, I get
3: what they were trying to do. They were trying to lose the item that he's been desperate to get uh, and it being the all-powerful weapon and you know, throw it off the edge. It, it makes sense. And I, I kind of like that play out of it. Like Jason, I I think some of it, once again, comes down to the story being convincing enough, certainly back then, that maybe you would want something a a little bit more sensible as a a narrative run and not Mm. not go down the the ridiculous nature of the Nazi zombies. But, hey, you know.
1: But but even if you take your... um, Even if they're taking their cue from Raiders of the Lost Ark, and and, and I think there's a lot of, um, not just Indiana Jones in this, but there's Clive Cussler's Dirk Pitt. He's played heavily into uncharted as well and the thing with those stories is they do wrap everything up nicely as well you know the arc is basically it's still the arc at the end it's not destroyed it's basically just put in a crate and and hidden away and there's the sense that it's still a weapon you know there's still potential there Mm. for that and i kind of like the way that that's done because it doesn't have a nice neat tidy Mm. ending it's it's you know plays with it it's a classic, and it's one yeah. of the greatest movies. Hey, if the bad time. guy that gets dragged down with the, the
0: crate could turn
1: into that person. A super zombie. Yeah, or well maybe that's Uncharted 4, you know, the return
0: of uh, Atop. <laughs> <laughs> maybe The Last of Us is actually a spin from Uncharted 1. Um, Spoiler. Yeah, let's talk about that final boss before we move on to correspondence then. Uh, an unusual way of tackling it. Uh, it's... It's awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of awful, but at least it's not as awful awful second as the one. second game, yeah.
2: <laughs> and i, I actually ag- agree with you on that point and it's probably the only point about <laughs> uncharted 2 that i am going to agree with you at least there if you I get do, i like yeah. I, don't, I
0: do like i'm not, I'm no, not no no
2: no, no like it's uncharted. fine no it's just my opinion of two is really really high whereas everyone yes, else yes. is just slightly lower than me um yeah, no. The, this boss battle at least has like a, a pattern to it that once you get it, it's fine. Whereas a Lazarevich is just awful. He's just chasing just you for a half A complete an hour. clusterfuck. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, in this game, it's uh, it's Atok uh, Navarro, isn't it? The last mm-hmm. the last guy you're fighting. Uh, he's basically sniping at you. You hide behind a crate. It gets. It's all a little bit um, police squad naked gun, mm-hmm. isn't it? He's like, he end up sort of hiding they behind the crate, like three, like it's three feet <laughs> away. He shoots at you three or four times or whatever. You work out the pattern. He's got a big handy laser sight, which picks out whether he's aiming at you or not. Um, And then you roll up to him a QT of just three button presses, I think, (laughs) initiates. And then you get knocked away and then you have to do it again from slightly further away. And another QT of three button presses, at least the QTE is easy, uh, I would well, I would like say. But all QTEs, it, and they, they actually, I think there's about maybe half a dozen
3: throughout the entirety of Uncharted, mm. where if you're not prepared for them and they just happen, the timing needs to be at least a little bit slack for the person to go, oh, yeah, okay, there's a button on the screen I wasn't expecting. Can I hit it? Uncharted... Once again, 2007, maybe. Um, it doesn't give mm. you a lot of time. So nine times out of ten, you'll be squashed by whatever. The button prompts are yeah, very small. Whatever well. you'll be squashed. And then me. next time you're ready for it and you hit the button and you just move on. <sighs> and the same thing with the boss. That The first time you're like, huh? They, oh, he shot me. So you get near him then it throws the button on the screen. You don't have enough time to react. and so you die again.
0: Then you do and they throw a different button and you die again. <laughs> so you just repeat. It's... It's it's crap and it's really limp and lame and all those sorts of terms, but at least it isn't like one of those boss fights that's a thousand times harder than anything else you've done in mm-hmm. the game and goes on for fucking hours mm. or anything like that. Um, and then there's the ending scene, which is where the bad guy has about, Thirty seconds in which to kill both of you, have dinner. But in fact, he stands there while his foot gets caught up in the rope and gets dragged over. While while Nate and Eleanor spend the time of pushing a <laughs> helicopter off a platform, uh, it's all a bit, you know. Even by the standards of these uh, these type of adventures, it's a bit silly. Yes, Jay, do you remember the? Do you remember the? Oh yeah, boss? yeah.
1: And it is it is that, but but it, I mean the the actual fight in Navarro is is. That's like the the last stage of it, isn't it? Mm. Because you've got you've got to go through I think two or three areas Mm. where he's got his his, what's the remaining crew of the ship basically. You've got to fight them as well. So
0: it's just it just feels. I remember that bit being tougher than the actual final fight. That that bit was probably the only bit in the game I died in on you know like two or three occasions maybe.
1: Yeah, because you've got those armored guys that basically just walk in with the shotguns and they'll walk right up to you and blast you if you don't take care of them. Which was um, yeah. a
0: pain. No. Yeah, they're bigger uh, naughty dog in all three of these games. They're big on their armored mm. brutes, aren't they? It's, it becomes Did the big you, um, thing. Did you plan with... on the game, Jay? No, no. I've been one crushing difficulty.
3: Yeah. I just, I was. mean, I I played through it on easy and medium, so it's just you know it, it, I didn't yeah. find it overly challenging, but I I know it was quite a hard game, certainly on the higher difficulties to to get It's through. interesting
0: that again for all our criticisms of uh, the both the combat and the platforming parts of the gameplay, which are kind of the two main bits of the gameplay. People like this enough to play it through repeatedly on increasingly punishing difficulty levels, which says something about the gameplay. Um, Perhaps they just wanted to, you know, see all those cutscenes again over and over again, and perhaps perhaps there just wasn't enough out on the PS3 to be doing at this stage, but uh, surely the the actual gameplay can't be that bad if people are willing to put themselves through that or maybe people are just crazy. I
2: I don't think the gameplay in this game is bad. It's just not best in breed, Mm. if that makes Mm. any sense. Especially now when we've had games like Vanquish and uh, Gears of War 3 and stuff like that that are really, really precise. And I'd, I'd argue that the Uncharted series does get better at this as it goes along um may it's still not best in breed but i I Mm. do think uncharted 1 does feel very bare bones compared to a lot of things that came after it
0: Hmm. understandably so let's hear from some of our wonderful forum correspondents uh tony do you want to take mike leddy's mike leddy 83
3: i'm most definitely a fan of the series and can Proudly call Uncharted Drake's Fortune my first platinum trophy, and bold new direction for Naughty Dog. Not to forget the example of their Ice Team paving the way for technical advancement on the subsequently awkward architecture of the PS3 at the time.
0: Ice
1: Team. Uh, so, what was the Ice Team then? Yeah, what's Ice Team? It's one of their. In-ha- it's one of Sony's in-house tech teams, isn't it? They've they've got several of these located throughout the various studios and. Alex 79 UK says, Uncharted
0: was the reason I got a PlayStation 3. I'd been the proud, proud owner of a PlayStation 1 from about 1996, but when the Xbox was released, I jumped ship to Microsoft and never owned a PS2. I bought a 360 almost on release and really had no desire to get a PS3 whatsoever. Then I saw a video of this new game, Uncharted. I thought it looked really exciting, like a cross between the exploration of early Tomb Raider games and the cover-based shooting of Gears of War. I didn't get a PS3 for quite some time after the game was released, but eventually my girlfriend bought me one for my 30th birthday, and I went straight out to buy Uncharted the very same day. To say I enjoyed the game is an understatement. I absolutely loved it. The tight combat, says Alex, the lush environments, the brilliant graphics. I remember being genuinely impressed when Drake emerges from the water still dripping wet. Everything tied together by a storyline which, whilst it wasn't going to win the Pulitzer Prize, was far better than 90% of action games out there. And the voice acting, especially from the ubiquitous Nolan North, was exemplary. That's not to say the game was flawless and it had a few niggles, but they really were minor points. The motion-controlled grenade throwing was a pain in the ass. The game was slightly combat heavy too, I felt. Some of the puzzles were a little tedious and a point near the end where the game basically turned into a run and gun for a short while wasn't much fun. But that aside, the game is pretty close to perfection for me (laughs) in spite all those flaws. Um, I still maintain it's the best of a very strong series. Wow. Which has never let us down yet. Wow. (laughs) I think um, some people might argue that about the best in the series and the fact the series hasn't let us down. But... Uncharted Two and Three are still to come.
1: Uh, Jay, do you want to take Todiño's? Uh, Uncharted was one of the games that made me get a PS3. The color palette, in particular, caught my attention when most games at the time were only using brown and grey. When I finally got my hands on it, I played through in a weekend and went on to replay almost immediately after. What really made me like the game was how it was like a really like a modern version of Indiana Jones. It was a really fun treasure hunter story full of twists and turns with some great characters like Sully, Eleanor and gaming's most beloved sociopath Nathan Drake. The game is very cinematic but for Uncharted I think it works very well. Gameplay wise my favourite parts were by far the puzzle solving and platforming since it basically expanded on what Tomb Raider had previously set. The combat, well, while I don't think it was too bad in this game, was the weakest part of the game, with it feeling more like a chore than anything else. Overall, it's a great game. It is one of my favourites on the PS3. And finally, Derek
0: Ritchie, delby 2 k says... I feel the first Uncharted gets a bit of a bad rap these days. There is a certain purity to the first game. Before the developers moved towards more cinematic presentations of the sequels, this was only concerned with providing a grand tale in exotic locales with a hero that, right from the start, oozed a huge amount of charm and wit. There's something wonderfully ambitious about Drake's fortune that still shines through. The emphasis placed on telling an interesting story with good characters while mixing in platforming, puzzling and combat was done in a way where no one ever felt like it overpowered the other. I will admit that everything looks and behaves much more simplistically coming back to it now, but I do not see that as a bad thing. In many ways, I enjoy that more than when they tried to stuff into the later games without success. There are issues for me. While the gunplay is fine and does the job The weapon's sound and sense of impact is poor, creating an impression of what should be a powerful weapon having no more impact than a BB gun. The brawling struggles due to timing issues, and the final sections suffer due to the more supernatural elements detracting from the excellent work that has gone before it. Drake's movement can also feel sluggish at points, leading to moments of irritation, as he responds slightly late to commands given. This game feels like a good first album to me, the little gem forgotten once the masses got wind of what the fuss was all about. It's still my second favourite after the sequel, despite its little quirks, mainly because it feels so unpressured by expectation. That's something we said earlier on. Um, yeah, uh, Derek mentions the brawling there, which we we didn't really talk about at all. Um, mainly, I think, because I barely used yeah,
2: it. Yes, <laughs> i um, I barely used it here, but we'll yeah. talk about it in other games. Yeah, it's huge. Like, yeah. it's hugely really
3: improved in 2. In yeah. fact, I tried to do a number of moves which were remembered from 2 and died
0: instantaneously. I went, okay, right. so... <laughs> i don't know right. shoot. Okay. Time for our three word reviews then. These are all from Twitter, as ever. Uh, the hashtag is CRTWR. Uh, we normally ask for these on the day of recording the podcast, normally a Thursday or a Friday, if you want to get involved.
2: Uh, the Sonic Mole, uh, spoiled by combat. Coffee Jesus says, gobshite hypocrite murderer.
0: <laughs> he did include a winky face as well. Uh, not the face of a penis. I mean, it was a like a winky smiley. You know, uh, Gary Blower Zantiriad says climb,
1: quip, murder. Jake Del Toro submarine waterfall. Wow, uh, big Andy D Tomb Raider ass kicker.
2: Ideology Light says six axis log walk. <laughs>
0: That's all he <laughs> took away from the game was the six axis log walk. Uh, d- d- Jay, did you say before we started recording that you yeah, could you turn 6-axis off? I've never played it with the 6-axis to turn yeah. it off in mm-hmm. the options. Same the Gerade flow. It, it just wasn't fun. Well worth remembering that if uh, if listeners are now thinking of going back and playing Uncharted 1.
3: tied to the Gerade of the 6-axis uh, if mm. you're into that. Anyway.
0: Mm. Pixel Omen, impressive for launch. Wasn't really a launch title, but we'll let you off.
1: Oh, great. I end up with the weird... The weird-named one. <laughs> uh, I don't know how you say it. I have no idea. K7E7Z. <laughs> <laughs> A beautiful, detailed world. Grecian
2: Phil says, I love Elena. Elena. I don't know. How do they say In the game, they say Elena, but you guys all started saying Elaine, uh, uh, Elena? Elena. So. Uh, Elena. It's Elena, then. If she's Elena,
0: she's Elena. Sleepy2 says, too many enemies.
3: Hayes Red Mist, Gears of
0: Raider.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> Digital Gonzo, charming banter in brackets derivative.
0: I'm not sure what he's referring to there, other than he's saying that the charming banter is slightly
2: derivative. Uh, of... n- n- well, having had or conversations saying... with Alex, I think he's referring to the combat and the gameplay being derivative. Okay. Um, okay. Coldstream says, charming murder machine. Ashgiver
0: says, "Where's the ledge? Does it? Um, does the first game have the mechanic where if you lean the controller towards where you're supposed to be, yeah. he reaches out? Yeah, yeah, it does. It. Yeah. yeah, okay. But it's not quite as doesn't seem to be quite as guaranteed as is <laughs> in the sequels. You still seem. I, I have memories of flying off at funny angles and." Right then, let us summarise the first of our Uncharted trilogy of shows. Uh, we will talk a little bit about uh, the Vita game in the third issue, the third Uncharted issue. I think uh, it doesn't get its own show for a number of reasons. Um, Jay,
1: then Uncharted one. Um, it might have, it might end up coming across really negative on this, but it isn't. It, it's I I still feel it's an important game for of its time I think the problem is we're playing with a 2013 perspective now so things have changed um, but considering that you can pick it up for next to nothing um, I would actually rather say go and pick two up instead but it's just um, yeah I don't know It's it's strange it's like I don't know if I would actually recommend it in terms of story I think there are better examples now to choose from, but back then it was pretty good. Not that that's really helpful, really, is it? That's <laughs> <laughs> from the heart. Yeah, but you know, well, yeah. I, don't, I, I can't. I'm not. I'm not effusive about one. It, I there. Are, there's a lots of little bits that you can take away from it and think, yeah, this is where it started. But it's been bettered since and both in, in gameplay and storytelling and, and performance and everything. It just is for one, it's better in two and to a certain degree three, you know? So it's just, yeah. Fair enough.
0: Uh For me, I, you know, I, I think it is uh, a game that is of its time mm. now. It seems crazy because we're not going back that far, but this is not, this doesn't have the gameplay of those games that will last forever. Like thinking about some of the, the games of 2007 that I would happily put on now and play again, Resident Evil 4 Wii Edition or anything on the Orange Box or Super Mario Galaxy. I think the the various facets of this game, none of them are quite up to snuff to to make this into any kind of all-time classic. That said, if someone shoved a copy in my hands now... And said, uh, you're playing this this weekend, I'd probably have a little smile to myself because it would be a fun time. By and large, uh, despite the much discussed shortcomings of the combat and the fact that the platforming isn't even really platforming, uh, it's just transition from one place to another Um yeah it's a game that's greater than some of its parts, and certainly I mean anyone who's invested in the series now must have played it surely if you haven't, you should definitely still play it even though it will be a step backwards because I think it's important to see the opening scenes with uh, with Nate and Elena and Sally as much as anything mm-hmm. else um and yeah, and there are some you know some better like Josh said some better puzzle puzzles and Platforming in inverted commas sections than than in the sequels in some ways um, it is closer to the old Tomb Raider games rather than being a maximum high octane high budget Hollywood blockbuster um, so I think it does retain a certain charm even though it's not an all time classic video game shall we say Tony
3: probably just to echo everything that you guys said but um, I mean having played it this week. I certainly enjoyed my time in it. It it's I didn't go away. Again. Oh god, I have to play tune Play tune I have to play Tomb- and Un- I have to play Uncharted. <laughs> and it, it was fun actually going back. I'd say what surprised me most is actually how many features aren't there in the first one. Um, I thought there was kind of more set pieces, which there aren't. Um, you know, I, just many layers which they've added over the years on the series, which you may you expect to have happened, um, but it it does appeal quite apparent when playing it now um I, I think back in 2007 i still had a number of issues of it then but i was probably more in awe of how how great it looked and just the adventure and you know i i think you can't undersell how fun and entertaining the writing was and how you know nathan drake and elena and sully you know they they were just very interesting characters and they still remain the most interesting thing about uncharted where everything else around it has aged I think the story itself is still a good kind of romping, romping adventure, and that itself is probably worth going back. Uh, if you're a, if you haven't played the series, I don't think there's any reason not to play one. It's about seven, eight hours long, um, not overly challenging. So I would, unlike Jay, I'd say, yeah, it's probably worth going back if you're gonna try to play through the series. Because I think for two anyway, it's important to actually understand where the characters come from, and certainly three as well. Like there, there is a story arc. And it's worth noting who they are and you know why the tensions are between certain groups of people. So from that point of view, probably go back and play one. But from a gameplay standpoint, I think time has weighed quite heavily on it, and it's now just a, a fairly average one of the mill platforming third-person
0: shooter. Harsh but fair, Josh.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of feel similar to a lot of the feelings that you guys have expressed already. I think everything in here is decent. It's just not special. And I think Uncharted as a series doesn't really find its identity until the sequel. And and they're and you're seeing a lot of seeds of those ideas mm. that blossom in this game. And I've and I think Nathan Drake and Elena Fisher and Sully are immediately appealing uh, right from the word go. And I think when I finished the first Uncharted, the first time I played it, I I, I kind of felt like, great, now go and make a game where, where I feel like I enjoy the game part of it as as much as the characters. Um, yeah, and I, I just, yeah, like others have said, I think there are just better examples of this type of game but I do think it is immensely important because you did start to see a lot of games implementing some of the stuff that Uncharted started like performance capture and stuff like that um, yeah uh, go play it uh, just to get some uh, backstory on the characters in um, uh, in the series you know play it for Elena play it for Nathan play it for Sully but you know quickly Play it on easy, just so you can get to the later games quickly.
0: Uh, just checking there. Um, a quick search brings up that generally the game will actually cost you fifteen pounds from uh, most online retailers now, but it's only ten ninety nine on PSN, so you can download it right now for cheaper than you can buy it in shops new. Anyway, second uh, second hand copies will no doubt be sub ten. surprised It's not one of the PlayStation
2: Pluses. Throw out for everybody. I imagine it yeah. will be at one point, but yeah, it's. Surpri- yeah. I'm surprised it's not been up there already. It's almost too old. I think they tend to
0: give away <laughs> newer stuff. It's too don't old. They?
3: they won't want old stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, time to round everything up. You can, of course, play along with Kane and Rin's Volume Two uh, between now, Issue Seventy Nine and Issue One Hundred, starting with.
2: Coming up is Shing Megami Tensei Persona Four and Persona Four Golden, which I'm very excited to host. Uh, the show after that is Tale of Tales, The Path, The Graveyard, Fatal, that f- game with a French name I can't pronounce. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> um, that should be interesting. Then, continuing our Uncharted
1: series, is Uncharted 2 Among Thieves. Uh, after that, we have uh, Driver San Francisco, uh, Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, uh, Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception, and then Fez. Then it's time for Aliens, Colonial Marines, subject of a lawsuit, yeah. no less.
0: <laughs> Interesting to see how that one pans out. Uh, Dishonored, and uh, let's, we may talk about the Knife of Dunwall DLC as well, I think. And then it's the Minecraft special. Uh, on a similar note, today's show, Tomb Raider, 2013.
3: And I think we're, we're going to have a little discussion about the history of Tomb Raider. Oh, definitely. Um, El Shaddai, Ascension of the Metatron. Well said. Got it right this time. Uh, another remake, or, or reimagining, DMC, Devil May Cry.
2: Next, uh, Deadly Premonition. After that, Star Wing, Star Fox, Lilac Wars, Star Fox 64. And then Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell Chaos
1: Theory. So you did it without yeah. the Yorkshire accent as well? Well, he yeah, <laughs> he just says it in his natural <laughs> accent, and it comes out right. Uh, and then uh, we uh, then have... Um, Fahrenheit in, or Indigo Prophecy. Uh,
0: We're looking forward to the, uh, yes, the the two-issue the two issue David Cage special. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: It? Yeah, and that's followed by Super Meat Boy, uh, L.A. Noir, and then Psychonauts, and finally for issue 100, Heavy Rain.
0: Heavy Rain. Uh, already plenty of discussion as regards <laughs> to heavy rain david cage a divisive figure uh in, the, in our community and <laughs> 21 others, weeks sure. away and the debate's already started <laughs> is it that long crikey uh so yes you can come and join that discussion at caner slash forum uh we also have quick rinse videos of course they're also on the blog caner and on the youtube channel you should subscribe to that you should also follow us on twitter at caner You should also like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Kane and Rince, and support us naturally by subscribing, reviewing, rating us all on iTunes. That's from Apple.
1: Yeah, and I'll just add to that because we're also on Stitcher Radio as well. Yeah, good point. Stitcher Radio.
0: Yeah, we haven't plugged that. Um, I don't know what that means, but we're also on Stitcher Radio.
1: There
2: you go. (laughs)
0: uh there's several issues of the Kane rinse periodical ibook magazine uh interactive electronic audio visual publication that it it's is the future jack is the future if you have an ipad otherwise it's just a pdf yeah. file <laughs> but you should definitely download it if you have an ipad or an ipad mini yeah mm. yeah uh, we have a minecraft server you can get the details of that from the blog we also have a day z or daisy Origins server which is getting uh, caned and rinsed at the moment by some good members of our community we're all at canerrinse.com or caner slash forum yeah you can find everything that we've just mentioned all the podcasts all the guys and some lovely articles and videos things like that all at canerrinse.com all this and more so, all this mm. and more Win some crap. Oh no. <laughs> Not this week. Not this week. Uh, yes, congratulations to Link uh, and s- some numbers for winning the copy of XCOM, and thanks to Desmond, Darren, Gargles for giving that away. It just remains for me, Leon Cox, to thank Tony, Jay, and Josh, and we'll leave you with some stirring music. Goodbye.